Hey guys, it is another episode of Video Vampires. This is Jess. Oh, and Mickey? Far out. <laughs> um, got a lot to talk about. Um, Jess, why don't you start? I know you've probably gone to the movie. You have gone to the movies more than I have. I I did, but um, obviously Beyond Fest ended, so there was mm. like a decline in the outings that I've been to. But I saw, I saw Zombieland Double Tap. I was just, we were bored, and we were like, let's go to the movies. It's, it's like, enjoyable. It's fun. But it's, like, a lot of the same regurgitated, like, jokes. And, like, they even make a joke about that, which is kind of lame. And it's been ten years since the last one came out, the original Zombieland, which was funny. It's still funny. Um, but it's just... I don't know, it just seemed really, uh, it tried really hard. I didn't see it. I didn't want to. I saw the first no, one in the theater. Kind of dumb. And I really liked the first one, but I think as my expectations were rock bottom when the first one came out. Yeah. So I feel like this one was just kind of like, man, you guys got lucky once. I don't think it's going to happen twice. Yeah. It's all right. I mean, Rosario Dawson's in it, and she's, she's really awesome. hot in it. Um, it was just kind of dumb. It had this, like, really... Um, kind of, I don't know, I had this, like, underlying message about guns, like, we can't get rid of all the guns, like, because, you know, it had this, like, whole, like, hippie thing, and there was, like, a hippie commune, and they were like, we, we, there's no violence here, and it's like, I don't know, it was just so over-exaggerated that I kind of hated it instead of thought it was funny, you know? Yeah. Um... I don't mean to interrupt, but speaking of Woody Harrelson, didn't you go to see... Oh, the Natural Born Killers um, 25th anniversary. That was the last, um, the closing night of Beyond Fest. And you went to that. Uh, yeah, I did. I, uh, I, it was awesome, obviously. I, I am a fan of that movie. You don't. We talked a little there's, bit about it. There's bits in- I really loved Oliver Stone during this whole thing. He was, like... A fucking asshole, but it was like kind of funny. It was like how I wanted him to act. He was like a fucking maniac, and both Woody Harrelson and um, Juliette Lewis were just sitting there like, "Yep, this is just it." Um, I really it, like Woody Harrelson. He's funny. He's great. Yeah. I mean, and he's also like this weird, spirited man. You know, like um, my friend worked on the Hurt Locker, and she had a bunch of stories about him just like disappearing. Like she'd be like, "I'm responsible for him," and uh, <laughs> he's disappeared. I can't find him. I hope he comes back. Like so, it. I he's he's great. But he was talking a little bit about us. I guess his like daughter was in the room too, and he's like doing this Q and A, and someone was like, "What was your frame of mind during filming this?" And he was like, "I was not." in the right frame of mind for this movie. Um, but it was super fun. I mean, I, I love the movie. It brought back a lot of memories. Obviously, like, when I first saw it, I thought it was the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen. Um, There's bits of that movie I do like. I it's cool. It. Yeah. it is cool. And and uh, seeing, especially Juliet Lewis is so articulate about her role in this and the violence and the sexism and, you know, um, her acting career and this was like kind of the beginning she was like not the beginning but she was in her early 20s yeah, and this was yeah like, it was like i mean she had done cape fear and yeah i, I really like juliette lewis as well i yeah her. she's wonderful but it, it was fun um oliver stone is a maniac and i really appreciate him um and then i saw uh the zombie land i saw the golden glove it's this german serial killer film all i all i can say is like it's being Obviously, it gets a lot of um, attention because people are disgusted by it because it's a serial killer film. Essentially, it's kind of like Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer and... Anguish? Yeah, Angst. Or and Angst, then, Angst, Angst, that's right. And, um, and The House of Jack will all kind of in one movie, except there's like no self-reflection. It's just like murder. Um, it's kind of great because the lead actor is so fucking grotesque and like these... This bar that it, it centers in is, like, so scary, and um, I really liked it. It is it is really gross. It's, it's all about, like, desperation and loneliness and, like, um, what that brings, and, and uh, it's bleak, to say the least. Yeah. Um, I really liked it. It was by Fatih Akin. Um, I... I mean, it's not for, like, the faint of heart. If you're, if you're really put off by... Stuff. Yeah, by, like... 
violence of this nature, you know, it's very much against women. It's all women. It's based on a true story. Oh. I think this took place in Hungary. It could be wrong. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know. It's it's one of those, like, based on a true... It is It is this guy um, murdered these women and then chopped them up and then hid them in, like, a compartment in his apartment. <laughs> Yeah, and they were just, like, women from the bar, like, <laughs> so, yeah, typical. Um, it was really good, and then um, I do want to talk about Watchmen, the TV show. I watched the first episode. Okay. It's interesting. Uh, I don't know. I really don't know how I feel about it yet. So, it takes place after Watchmen, the comic, ends. So, this is, like, the world that is now... After the comic? The yeah, not the... I mean, the movie obviously leaves out one huge component, yeah. which already plays a piece in this TV show. Okay. So if you're a fan of the comic, obviously, you know, there's this, like, giant squid being that brought upon this, like, terror, and that's what united the world. Right. Um, there's still, like, remnants of this squid um, uh, in, in this first episode. Oh, cool. Um, so it's really interesting. It also, like, starts... Um, in this, which I didn't know, uh, was actually a real historical event. I had to look it up. It was, like, the, the Tulsa, um, race riots, the Oklahoma race riots that took place in, um... Okay. Yeah, it, in, in, I think, uh, shit, early 1930s, maybe, or end of 1920, um, something like that. I, cause I, I was like, holy shit, this, is this a real thing that they're doing? And then I looked it up and it was, and now I'm ashamed that I didn't know about it before. But it, it centers around this historical event, and then it, we're more in, like, modern times. Um, it's, it's gonna be really interesting not to, uh, if you're familiar with the story and you didn't watch it, you could still watch it, but it's very much, like, what happens after, you know, cause at the end of the comic Rorschach, writes this thing to the media uh, and, and and tells you about Ozymandias and what he's done. And, and how he's responsible yeah, for Yeah, and now, like, the world is kind of flip-flopped. It's, it is interesting. It's caught me enough to, like, uh, to keep watching it. Let me um, ask, if, if, let's just say, hypothetically, somebody wasn't a fan of the movie, would they? do you think they would enjoy the show? Yeah, and I think if they were a fan of the movie but didn't read the comic, they'd watch this and be really confused. Oh, good. Um, so I feel like if they weren't a fan of the movie because... They were a fan of the comic? Yeah, then they would really like this. Uh Um, I, because there's other comics, too, based on, off of Watchmen, but it's not, this is not based off of them. This is just, like, a continuation of the comic. So it's really in an interesting place. Um, um, Jeremy Irons plays Ozymandias, which I'm really excited about. It's it's already, uh... I heard Miami Vice is in it, too. Don Johnson. Yeah, he is. He's in that first episode, so... I'm excited. Um, I would watch it. I It's worth watching, at least for a while. And um, and then I watched some Spanish films, which we'll talk about. Yeah, yeah. so I, uh, I uh, kind of piggybacking off what you were saying, um, I'll start kind of in reverse order. So HBO, I found out, just picked up or just ordered... Um, uh, Nicholas Winding Refn is remaking Maniac Oh, Cop, yeah! I keep hearing about as it. as a series on HBO, and he's... Uh, promising a lot of coke and neon, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be great, you know? Uh, I think it's going to be a great time for a remake of Maniac Cop to begin with. Uh, he's been, he was talking about doing it as a film, like, years did, ago. Did you see uh, Too Old to Die Young? Uh, not yet. You didn't? Well, I think, isn't Miles There's a whole, that? yeah, but, yeah, okay, I I remember, I, you I, hate yeah. him, but there's a whole long thing of, of like, cops and yeah. and how he portrays them, and I'm really interested, like, once I heard he was doing this, and I was like, oh. Who else is in that show? Uh, Too Old to Die Young? Yeah. The Baldwin. Oh, that's right. Isn't what, it? Bobby Baldwin? No, 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 we already discussed this on that episode where we talked about it. It was, uh, Billy? The one that's not Billy Steve, Baldwin. The one that's not Stephen Baldwin. Bobby Billy. No, it's Bob? Billy. It's <laughs> Billy Baldwin, and there's Alec Baldwin. There's Stephen Baldwin, and then there's well, there's one more. Adam. There's a, Adam. No, it's not Adam. No, I, I think it's Billy. Billy Baldwin. Yeah. The one from uh, Flatliners. Yeah. Yeah. Backdraft. That's right. That's right. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so um, I'm just interested. I'm interested in what Nicholas Winding Refn is going to do with that. I went to Beyond Fest as well. It was the only thing I got to go to. Um, cause I had gone to a wedding and I missed oh, yeah. 95% of, of, um, Beyond Fest. And one of the things I didn't miss, I was, it was toss up between this and, and what I ended up doing. I was, they were playing Evil Dead with a redone score. I have the score on vinyl. It's not, um, uh, I like the original score, so I was like, I don't need to see Evil Dead. 
um, with a new score. It's great. I have it. I can play if I want to do it. I can just play the vinyl while uh-huh. I watch the movie. Anyway, but I did want to go to. Um, I did see um, there was doing a Tom Atkins triple feature of yeah. Halloween three, Night of the Creeps, and The Fog. All three of which I hadn't seen in the theater. Halloween three is still fucking great. Uh-huh. Uh, Night of the Creeps is awesome, and the movie that I wanted the the real reason why I wanted to go. I, I love both Halloween three and Night of the Creeps, but I really wanted to see The Fog because. Um, and I was discussing this with a friend of mine. It's one of my favorite Carpenter films. And I, what I realize a little about John Carpenter is he's one of the only directors that I have debates about in my head over what his favorite movie is. Like, I will have, like, arguments with myself about what I think his favorite, his best movies are. And um, sometimes The Fog wins, you know, because it's, like, it's that fucking solid of a horror film. And then afterwards, Tom Atkins came out. Mm-hmm. Everybody, they had handed out... Um, Tom Atkins, Tom Atkins masks like on like, you know popsicle sticks and like we all got our picture like the entire theater like held it up. Oh, that's awesome! Took a picture with Tom Atkins and it was great. And it's listening to him talk is fucking awesome, and I love it. Um, and then I uh, I've actually you know because they have the the different vendors there they have like Severn Films and Arrow and I ended up picking up a movie that I did watch called Paganini's Horror, which is an Italian horror movie. Oh yeah, they premiered that didn't they too? Did they? I think they did. An, it was an 80s, uh, 87, 88. I don't think it got, uh, it never been released uh, on Blu-ray at least. Um, but it is, uh, you know, was Luigi Cozy. Uh-huh. We talked about him when we did Italy. Uh, he directed this. Daria Nicolotti is in it. Uh, she's one of my all-time crushes. And she helped write the story. Donald Pleasance is in it for like a good 10 minutes. Of um, course. Maybe. It's, um, it's not that great. It's, <laughs> it's fun to, it's, it's a fun movie, uh. These, this girl rock band decide they need, like, a, a, a fucking hit. And they, uh, Paganini was a, a violinist who, uh, his, in, you know, there was at one point a rumor in history that he had sold his soul to the devil because uh, he was, like, the most amazing violinist. And, like, you know, a lot of people now, like, you know, of course, mm-hmm. in history have been like, oh, it was just, like, he was really popular. People, then there's people didn't like him, so they just fucking disparaged him by, that's what you did back in the day. You'd say somebody yeah. was in league with... The devil or something. Yeah, like that. or anyway. someone's a witch and you burn them. Right. So this movie mm-hmm. takes that a little bit more literally. These girls, they, 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 this girl band, they, they compose a song using one of his lost pieces, and of course, all hell breaks loose. Literally, um, not not the not my favorite of the movies I watched. Um, I did watch a movie, and I was telling you right before we recorded American Genre Film Archive. Uh, you know, they do a lot of great releases. They released a. Uh, one of, like, Ed Wood's, like, dirty movies. and like, uh-huh. yeah. But they released uh, this movie called Scary Movie, which was this Texas film, um, a Texan film with John Hawks, one of the first roles he was ever in. Um, and it's this, like, kind of batshit crazy, like, low-budget horror film that's actually really fucking good. Like, it's a, it's, it's a really solid little horror, I guess, comedy. Um, it's If you love going to haunted houses, that's what the entire movie's about. It's yeah. about a guy who goes to a haunted house. You know, like, one of, like, the... Um, uh, like a local Texas like haunted house type thing, and um, you know, the only thing that's really weird is that the first 30, 40 minutes of the movie is like basically you realize like oh he hasn't been he hasn't even gone in the house yet he's just been in line this entire time so it's a long line that he's waiting in but all this crazy shit's happening uh-huh. and there's an escaped killer on the loose maybe maybe not we don't know um, and uh, <laughs> it's. It's a it's a really it's a good solid little film. Find it. Uh, Diabolic DVD is is a. Uh, what year was it? it? It came out in ninety. It got like maybe I think it was released maybe locally in Texas and then that's mm-hmm. it. And it never got a big release. And, and you know, why would it? John Hawks wasn't anybody. At yeah. All. And, and when you watch it, it's really weird because he's like he's so young and he's so like he's very like his his comedy in this movie is very physical. You know, because uh, it is there's there's a lot of funny parts to it. It's very dark humor. Um, but it was one of my favorite movies that I've checked out in a long time. I do love movies made in Texas. Uh, there's a whole they, they have a certain feel to them that I don't think any other film has or any other type of film has. So dig that one up. Um, and then I just watched I just watched more Creep Show, which uh, the last one of the last episodes I watched. I think I'm one behind. Is a pretty fucking good John Harrison who did the music for the original Creep Show. He directed an episode that was really fucking sad. Like it's like kids going trick or treating. And I don't want to give anything away, but it has like a really sad no. feel to it. And I was like, oh my god, this is killing me. And then the next story uh, is about a guy who finds a... He, he gets the wrong luggage coming back from the airport. When he opens it, there is a man contorted and bent all sorts of, like, whatever in this luggage. <laughs> and 
the guy's in an incredible amount of pain, but whenever he's in pain, he produces gold coins out of his mouth. <laughs> oh, my and God. It's, it's really weird, and it's a <laughs> lot of fun, and uh, I, I would definitely check it out. It's got, it kind of fell more into the, the EC Comics morality tale type thing. Of yeah. Like, uh, which I also watched a lot of I Tales in the Crypt. I started it. I started it. I just didn't, it didn't catch me. I think I, I honestly just was like, oh. That first episode with Tobin Bell and, and Adrian Barbeau, that, yeah, that killed me. I loved that one. Um. And then the one with DJ Qualls, where he's like, I don't know if you watched the second episode, but there's one where DJ Qualls is the, the protagonist, um, the guy from fucking Road Trip, no less, and he's like great. It was like it, it was like it's the move. The entire episode is centered on him, and he fucking carries it. It was it was really awesome. Um, other than that, I I went and saw um, Street Food Cinema, who was actually old clients of ours back oh, when yeah. we worked at our old job. They um, they're doing a thing in downtown LA. They one of the oldest movie theaters. Uh, in Los Angeles, they opened it up. Um, it's an old movie theater, like, well, again, one of the first, and you could do, like, a little tour, and they do a little ghost story on the tour. It's like, I'm like, oh, my God, you know, but you're getting to walk around, like, behind, like, in the like the downstairs area of this theater. You get to walk behind the screen, and they're, like, they're trying to tell you a ghost story that, like, they've weaved together, but it's like, look, it's just cool to be, like, checking out yeah. a theater and, like, all the weird ins, outs, and what have yous, but uh, I saw Nightmare on Elm Street there, uh, which would have been an awesome because it was like a, a old theater. There wasn't a lot of people there, so it had this really kind of eerie vibe to it. And then you know the usher is dressed up as an old timey usher, and he's doing this whole like routine. Um, there were some fucking giggling idiots behind me who clearly could have just gone to a bar and had just done that, but instead they had to go to a movie and do exactly what they would have done at a bar at the movie and fucking almost ruined Nightmare on Elm Street. But the movie's so fucking good that it didn't kill it for me. It just it makes me hate people more. And then <laughs> um, my fiancé and I went and saw Psycho, which like, one of those movies you watch, you go, oh, yeah. Like, it's it's up there with Taxi Driver. Or, yeah. There's so many movies that, like, you know, they're, they're so good that you almost forget about it. It's almost like how, like, when people are like, my favorite band's The Beatles, and you're like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like- but then you see Psycho, and you're like... Oh yeah, you're right. You know, like I I, for, I always forget whenever I watch it that it's it's such a great movie. Um, it's not my favorite Hitchcock, but it's certainly like when you're watching it again, you're like, oh man, like, God, it's yeah. so good. You know, it's just, um, of it's, course, it's uh, yeah, um, it was a great remake of a Vince Vaughn film. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like that. I, I know know. <laughs> I do. I guess I like it so much that you had rented it from iTunes one time. Yeah. It came over, even though you have the DVD right <laughs> over the shelf. Um, but no, it's it's fantastic. Uh, and that, that's it. I've just been I've been so fucking busy trying to get this wedding prepared. I did want to tell this quick story, um, but uh, last Friday, my fr- you know, speaking of weddings, my friend, I told you the story already. But it's such a good story, and I think it'll segue into a lot of things we've talked about. Uh, my friend wanted to take me out for a quote-unquote bachelor party night. I don't want to go a bachelor I, party thing. I just I can't believe you're yeah. going to tell this story. So, um, so we decided we're going to do this virtual reality room in Hollywood proper. Now, me and my, my friend who went, we both lived in Hollywood. That's how we became friends. We lived uh, parallel streets. We were divided by a parking lot, and, we, and that's how we, you know, we became friends. And um, he lived on Hudson. I lived on Wilcox. And so... We're with another friend of ours, and we got there early, so we're, like, wandering around, and Hollywood has completely changed from when we when we used to live there, but we, we went to his old apartment and looked at it, and we were great. We crossed the parking lot, we went to my old apartment complex, where we're just kind of, like, I'm, and we were telling a friend of mine, I'm like, oh, and this is where I saw the police do a raid into this building, and... And uh, I used to live in that place for like six months, and now I lived in and I lived in this place, and I'm you know I'm looking at my left at like for like you know four years, and this guy really skinny, really lanky comes over, and he's clearly on something. He's like you know talking out of the side of his mouth, and he's like oh, I don't mean to interrupt you guys, but were you guys talking about the trees? No, we weren't fucking talking about the trees. There's no reason why we'd be talking about the trees. We were talking about all the different buildings, but he starts telling us about his goat and how his Dude. goat loves to eat off the trees and all this stuff, and we're like, wait, what? And then I find out that this guy with a goat lives in my the old apartment complex that I used to live in. And um, <laughs> and so he's like, you guys want to see the goat? And we're like, yes, we do. So um, he leads <laughs> us into my old apartment complex. Like, he opens the gate, and I'm, like, walking uh, through my old apartment complex. I'm like, oh, that was my old apartment right there. And this is the courtyard. And, and we get to his apartment. And I think I knew somebody who used to live in that apartment a long time ago. I think there was, like, a family that lived there. But now it is a place that is covered in goat shit. And sure enough, we go up these stairs, and it's like, 
as we're walking the stairs, like the sketchiness of the scenario is just getting more and more and more until we reach the top of the stairs. And not only is like there's like just this weird vibe going on of like something's happening in this place that like probably shouldn't be happening, but there's also a fucking goat just sitting there, just looking at us like, please get me the fuck <laughs> out of this house. Get me the fuck away from these people. And um, we, you know, we saw the goat for a minute, and then we were both like, yeah, it looks, <laughs> what do you know? We got to just, we got we to, and I think there was a drug deal going on as we were leaving, and we fucking left. And then um, the reason why I tell the story is because it's one of those, why the fuck did I do that? Like, why did I do something that stupid? And then I realized when we're watching these horror movies, and we're like, why the fuck would somebody do that? Yeah, because except, it, no. Because it happens. You would do that. Here's what... Okay, yeah. I, first of all, I can't believe you didn't know who Hollywood Goat Guy was because I knew exactly who you were talking about once you mentioned it. Yeah. I even showed you a picture from my Instagram of him because I've been... If you're around... It's always like Hollywood Boulevard or like somewhere in that area and he just fucking walks around up and down with a goat following him. The first time I saw him and I was like... I was like, who does this goat belong to, anybody? But no one was around. And I was like, who the fuck brought a goat to Hollywood Boulevard? He's, like, going in and out of shops. Like, yeah. I was like, okay. And then you went into his house. Yeah, and, and, and then this is also on all, you know, this is why I should show you how fucked Hollywood is. This is Nobody has called Animal Services about this fucking goat. That's you are Rose McGowan and Scream. You're you're going out that yeah. little door. I know, I really like, am. I was like, it was incredibly dumb. And there was three of us, but it's just one of those moments where it's like, this is dumb, and I've been doing dumb shit like this in my 20s and my teens, <laughs> and it finally hits its pinnacle, like, right a week before I'm supposed to get married, and there's a fucking goat involved. Uh, the VR part was great, I guess, you know, but we were all a little, afterwards we went out for, like, coffee at House of Pies, and we were all a little, like, yep, VR was awesome, we shot each other, it was great, we were, like, running around, we played this weird game where you're playing with bows and arrows, it's a lot of fun. Uh, awesome, but also we fucking went into weird goat house. Yeah, this um, is how horror movies start. Yes, absolutely. This and is how so, people under the stairs start. Yes, exactly. So, um, <laughs> and I just, I think I did it because it was my old apartment complex. I felt safe. I felt comfortable there. But that safety just stripped away once I walked up a staircase that was covered in goat shit. So that was wild. Yeah. Anyway, um, Spanish horror film. Anyway, uh, España. I watched. Um, I watched Veronica. Okay. The it's on Netflix. Ooh. Um, Paco Plaza, who did Wreck, or record. Yep. Or, you know. Um, I really liked it. My um, my uh, friend Denise had been bothering me for a long time to watch it, and I finally was like, "Oh, okay. I'm I'm gonna sit down and watch it." And it's really great. It's it's like this basic haunting, you know, possession type of story. Um, it takes place like during um, a uh, what's that? Eclipse. Quintanera. <laughs> no. no. An eclipse, and then I, uh, where they do, obviously, like, this seance type of, oh, uh, cool. with a Ouija board. I fucking don't, I don't mess with them. I, I am, I'm a non-believer, but yet I still just won't. I'm taking the, the safety, and I'm just not fucking with those things. But anyway, she gets possessed, um, and it's, like, really sad. Isn't Veronica the movie that, like, people were freaking out about on Netflix Veronica. saying it was, like, yeah. you know, it was one of the scariest things, you know? And, I think so. It could have been because it is, it is scary. It's okay. it's frightening. Um, I It is scary. And it's it's scary in, like, really sad ways. <laughs> okay. Um, this little girl, she, I think she's 15 in the movie, and she's taking care of her family while her mom runs this bar at night. So she's never around and she's never awake. And so, um, and it's sad. And, you know, there's uh, little kids in glasses really get me, man. Especially, you know, now you keep seeing them because they know how to pull the heartstrings and no one wants to see anything bad happen to these kids in glasses. But yet, they always do. Yeah. So, anyway, there's a kid in glasses, and, of course, you love him because he's, like, a chubby little guy with glasses, and then bad things are happening because she's possessed by a demon who's trying to kill all her siblings. Oh. But, anyway, it is sad, it, but it's really good. Um, I'll check it out. It's way better than I thought, which I don't know why I thought it wouldn't be good, maybe because Netflix release, even though I'm... I it's because some Netflix releases are so fucking bad, and then some are great. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, that is, um, some Spanish cinema now. So there was kind of like this, this like burst in, in Spanish horror in the 2000s. And I think a lot of places, especially when they're, um, working through censorship guidelines and they're allowed to make these films now, you get like a burst in, in the popularities. Plus people want to escape, even if it's like more terrifying than what their current lives are. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, we watched um, this really great film. Yeah, uh, I mean, right, like, right, just right, real quickly before we go into that, I, I did want to mention that there are some there are some notable uh, uh, Spanish directors, and actually, we, oh yeah, we had actually watched a Spanish film for one of our first episodes. I completely forgot about it until we were watching it. Techni- I mean, anguish. Which I mentioned earlier. Oh yeah, is a Spanish well, horror. Film. America has this love affair with, um, which is funny because I didn't really know this was a Spanish film until after is the others, um, yeah. which is one of one of my favorite films. Um, Nicole Kidman, um, which is interesting because I guess originally it was written in Spanish, mm-hmm. and then obviously for the um, American actors. He had to translate um, the script into English. Okay. Um, so it's it's interesting, and it's shot in Spain. It's okay. supposed to take place in America, but it doesn't, actually. Um, <clears throat> I think um, uh, a lot of other films were filmed in Spain, too, even in the 60s, like Lawrence of Arabia, yeah. Dr. Zhivago. Um, so these really popular American films, too, also being shot there. But it's, like, a really weird time period. Um, in the 60s and 70s, because you have, like, the Franco regime, um, and there's a lot of censorship going around, and it wasn't just, like, we're gonna ban this, it was, like, we're gonna review everything you do, and we'll decide if it gets banned or not. Um, so, we have a lot of interesting horror films from Spain, um, especially, like, with the Italian influence, but, like, also... Yeah, I was gonna say that, I was gonna, that was one of the things I was gonna point out, is that, like, so, um, the three directors that I thought of off the top of my head is... Amando de Osorio, who did, um, he he created this uh, this kind of like his own kind of Living Dead franchise called Tombs of the Blind Dead, mm-hmm. which was like yeah. these night night Templar zombies who can't see anything, uh, and he made a series of films like that, and they were kind of like the Spanish uh, Romero films, you know, George Romero films. Uh, Jacinto or uh, Molina Alvarez, uh, also known as Paul Nashi, who wrote and starred as he created this werewolf character, and he starred in twelve movies of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all, none of them make sense, and they all don't, they're, they're, he's playing the same character, but there's always different backstories in every movie, and then we, uh, we have Jesus Franco, who, this is the one where I was gonna say, this one's a little bit more, um, Italian-influenced, uh, he did a Dracula, he did another Dracula film with Christopher Lee, but then he kind of veered off into, like, you know, sort of more sexual horror movies, like Vampiros, Lesbos, and, yeah. uh, Sadomania, you know, but, like, yeah, he got, it, they became very sexy, very sex-oriented, they were, like, softcore horror. Yeah, there's, like, um, this cool book that I found that I didn't have a chance to read for this episode, but it's called, like, Sex, Sadism, Spain, and Cinema, Ooh. um, so it's all kind of about that genre, how it kind of veered into this, like, really, um, smutty stuff. Yeah. I like it. Um, which is also cool, the whole horror sexploitation type of films yes. Are, are really um, my uh, cup of tea. Yeah. Um, but Spanish cinema is so cool. I mean, um, especially now, too, with all this stuff coming out, I think it's just, like... Yeah. It's so creative and, and scary. And uh, and we watched... Um, yeah. Who, uh, Who Can Kill a Child? Which I think it's also called, like, Cursed Island. Island like, of the Dam. <laughs> which is very close to Village of the Dam, which is also uh, scary uh, children. I actually, I'm going to go on the record here and say this is probably one, I, this movie should be on the top of Killer Kids lists, if not the top. You know, it should be like in the top three or number one. Uh, There's a lot of like weird um, children folklore in Spain, which is like weird. So obviously, um, this movie starts like really bleak. It goes through all of the atrocities Ooh. that have, especially through war of like what have happened to Auschwitz, children. Korea, yeah, Vietnam, Nigeria, and, and even you know what? I I didn't realize it, but um, the orphanage. Have you seen that the Spanish film, the orphanage that came out early two no. thousands? What you never seen the it? Orphanage was that was the one by the guy who did uh, it right. Um, or that mom, uh, it? Yeah, the guy did it. What movie did he do? No. It was the orphanage. Uh, Juan oh. Antonio Garcia. Yeah, the guy did Bayona? the orphanage. Did something. The guy who did the orphanage did, uh. The guy who did the orphanage is like Gilmaro de Toro's protege. It was produced by Gilmaro yeah. de Toro. Um, and he did a remake of Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, which is, the, we covered that. Yes! Yeah. That's the guy. Okay, yeah. so the, you've never seen the orphanage though? No. Dude, what? I loved it. The orphanage is really great. I would watch it. It's, it's probably one of my. And it's, it's a good early 2000s scary yeah, there's film. Yeah, like, there's a huge like gap in my early 2000s but, horror movies 
watching. I think you should. I think you should watch it. And this, and this is a, it's a scary children's story. But I guess um, this was actually based on on real stories called the Lost Children, uh, which is about Franco's regime, how they would steal or kidnap children of of uh, wealthy politicians and um, put them in orphanages, and then Jesus. obviously teach them about fascism and Christianity or Catholicism. Like you do. Um, yeah, and so this. The movie is loosely based on it, um, and there's so there's this lots of weird stories about creepy children um, of Spain, which we've covered, um, which we're covering now with yeah. the uh, Who Can Kill Child, which, let me tell you, I would kill the fuck out of those kids. Uh, yeah, so it was based on a book called, the, the, the you know, the child. El Juego de los Ninos, uh, yeah, I, my Spanish is... The hard. Child's Game. The Child's Game, thank you, and uh, so... Uh, yeah, they show you, it opens up with this really, really tough-to-watch footage. I mean, it's pretty brutal, um, but the idea is that, you know, um, all these horrible atrocities that have been heaped upon children. And then you, we have this this couple from England, uh, <laughs> uh, a married couple, she's pregnant, um, they've got two kids back at home, they're about to, like, they're just going on a little vacation before she has the third child. They decide they want to go check out an island that he had been to a while ago that's off to, like, the, you know four hours away, and it's, like, much quieter, much peace, more peaceful, and then he kind of, like, they kind of stumble into, like, Children of the Corn era, era kids, but, like, without, before Children of the Corn, you know, it's, like, all the adults are, there's nobody around, they're, like, what's going on here, but, like, you know, and then they start to see, like, oh, there's a little kid there, wait, why is that little kid doing that, like, and then, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a movie about these kids who have basically killed all the adults on an island and are spreading their... Um, their kind of their weird homicidal tendencies, this weird sickness that they've kind of developed um, by looking at each other, like making, yeah, like telekinesis. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Like just looking at each other and kind of um, absorbing. Yeah, and, yeah. And and obviously the movie's a metaphor for like you know we've done these horrible things have been done to children, so now the children are returning the favor. You know. And yeah, this um, is the product of like all of our yes wars upon children. Um, it's it is it's awesome. It's so bleak too, and like it really is. Honestly, I there's there's a few films that like you know can you be the one to to hurt something as innocent as a child and be like yeah I would run those fuckers over in a heartbeat. Right. It's a pretty grim movie, and I do like that it asks that question. I mean, and here's the best thing is that like so the it's a Spanish film. Uh, two English-speaking actors, one of which, one of whom knows Spanish or characters, one of whom knows Spanish. So he a lot of times he's translating to his wife. Now our subtitles stopped halfway through, so there's like there's some there's some dialogue towards the like the last half of the movie that's in Spanish that we miss. But what's so great about this movie is that you don't need it to know everything that's happening. Like we got everything, you know. So yeah, I guess um, the director of this film, um, Narciso Ibanez. Sarado, I think. Sure. Um, that sounds about right. Yeah, he... So, originally, and it's a format that we kind of saw it in, um, where it was in Spanish and English, so the um, couple in the film are from Britain, and the woman, um, the wife who's pregnant, doesn't understand any Spanish. Um, so, originally, it was in English and Spanish, and I guess when it was released um, during this time period, they uh, redubbed everyone as the Spanish. Yeah, so it lost a lot of its original feeling, which obviously the director was upset about, because it was like, th- this was supposed to isolate her, and the audience was supposed to feel that through the through the language barrier. Sure. Um, but I guess they freaked out and was like, no one's going to want to read subtitles. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is also sad and, and part of, um, you know, the lapse well, in government. It's also nice to know that it happens in Spain as well as it happens in America where people are like, subtitles, I got to read? I yeah. guess the Spanish don't like I to took, read either. I took someone to a date to see the orphanage and it was in subtitles and he was so upset. I remember you told me. I yeah, and it's like, yeah, me. I did not go out with him after that, but... It, like, I'll never forget it. I couldn't believe someone was that mad about it, but they were. Um, but, yeah, anyway, uh, <laughs> children are scary. And, like, even in the beginning, so this guy, they finally get to the island, and he asks a question, and it's a little too aggressive. 
I, I would, you know, as a kid, I'd be like, man, I don't have to answer you if I don't want to. But he was like, what's in what's in the basket or something yeah, like well, that? What are you using as bait? They yeah, what are you in. using as bait? What are you using as bait? First of all, you can't speak in Spanish to him, bro. Right. Um, he's just shouting English at this boy, and he the boy turns and gives him, like, the meanest side eye I've yeah. ever seen. Um, if a kid looked at me like that, I'd be like, no, okay, we're out of here. This, there's something wrong with this village. These are definitely murdery children, but I think that about most children anyway. But I, I, I think that's one of the keys about this movie is that like these two adult figures have to like these this couple have to decide like, you know, basically they they reach a point where like to get through this ordeal they're going to have to do they're going to have to exactly they're going to have to kill one of these kids you know and um it, it, it kind of they, there goes the question in the, in the title where it's like you know who could kill a child it's like but. Um, it, it's a really rough movie, and it has a lot of surprises. Like I, I there was yeah. a moment in this movie I don't want to give anything away because I loved how it, it when it when it when I realized it was happening and I was like oh holy shit and I, and they set it up like I was like oh my god you know this, as it was happening it was like I remember when this was set up and then of course the character says this happened earlier and you're like yeah you dumb everybody and here's the problem I found with these two people though so you got this couple that aren't fucking communicating. Like, he's like, he sees this horrific thing happen where he sees this little girl basically bash the brains out of this old guy. And he goes, you know, he carries the old guy to, like, you know, this barn and lays him down. And, the, you know, the guy's dead and everything like that. And he goes back to his, his wife. And his wife was like, what's going on? He's like, nothing. It's nothing. Don't worry about it. She just, she hurt him a little bit. And it's like, just tell her what the fuck is going on so you guys can get the fuck out I of know. this place. I think it was like more like, oh, she's pregnant, don't want to worry her. We, we could still get out of here. And then it just still continues to go horribly wrong. It does. It's one, it is one of those movies that goes horribly wrong. And I do like the fact that there's a lot of buildup. We get, because the characters, for, when we're first introduced to them, they're, they're arriving in Spain and they're in this village, they're in this one town and there's this big parade and this big festival. And they're just kind of walking around being tourists him with, like, a little bit more knowledge, like, because he's been there before, and then, so you really get to like these characters, you don't get too much into them, you get little bits and pieces of, like, you, you figure out by their interactions, like, the dynamic, and, um, their relationship, and then, you know, we go off to the island that, you know, in question, four hours away, and then, you know, there's a lot of really good build-up before shit goes down, like, we're really setting up some suspense, I'm yeah. not joking, like, this, I, it's funny to me that this came out, in 70, what, 6? 76, yeah. yeah. And we've got, like, I'm just, I, I know that we've had other killer kids movies before 76, but the one, the one I think that most of our generation kind of immediately goes towards is Children of the Corn, because it was, like, the big kids, yeah. gone wild movie, uh, and then there was, like, six movies after that, Children of the Corn movies, so, <laughs> um, and, and they're all strayed from the original story in the first place. The original story, uh, written by Stephen King, feels very similar to this 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 movie except yeah. for in in the original story children less of the corn their religious content yeah there's there's less religious context in this and the characters in children of the corn are more unlikable in the the story so whereas these characters are very likable we do feel for these people we feel for the husband who is trying to you know half the time he's trying to protect his wife and the other half is him trying to wrap his mind around like what the fuck? How could this be fucking happening? Yeah, why would you do that, yeah. child? And he says what that. Happened? Yeah, he, he, that does, like, he yells at them, why would you do this? You know, like... Yeah. Um, like, you don't know... So here's a story about children, but... You know, a little girl who used to live in these apartment complexes, who were my favorite, because they were really fucking mean. Yeah. They weren't mean to me all the time, but they were mean to everybody, so I enjoyed them a lot. But one of them came and was like, Jessica, to my door. So I came to it. And I have a screen door, and she, like, crumpled up a cookie and smashed it into the door, and I was like, okay. And then I was like, so I'm going to get the trash, and you're going to clean it up. And she's like, okay. So she did. And then I was like, so why'd you do that? And she's like, I don't know. And yeah. I was like, okay, well, bye. But it's like, <laughs> like, I, kids are fucking creepy, well, man. And their brains are, like, weirdly open, and they don't know what they're doing, but they do. And when they smile and giggle like that about, like, destructive behavior, you're like, holy fuck, I'm yeah. never having children. Well, no, I mean, and the kids are, and that's the other thing, too, is that kids are capable of terrible violence, but because they don't know why they're doing it at the time, like, they're just doing it, it seems like we don't take it as seriously as when somebody, like, when an adult does it, but I think when a kid does it, it's even creepier because, like, where did this come from? Like, the, you can't even, you can't even articulate why you would have done something like that. I mean, like, I yeah. remember, 
I knew a little kid who, like, uh, you know, I was, you know, I dated someone years ago, I had a child, and, like, sometimes her, her child would, like, throw a punch. Like, at her, he was, like, two, and it's, like, you know, and it's, like, whoa, like, <laughs> but why do you do that? Like, nobody does that around you, so yeah. why, what makes you think that that's okay to do, you know? And it's, like, I'm not, I'm not condemning the parent, you know, parenting and all. I'm saying that, like, it was just one of those things where it's, like, where did that come from, you know? Like, and so kids are capable of violence, and what's scarier about their violence is sometimes it's just, like, it's, it's sometimes they're doing it to play. Yeah. Or to, or to lash out. Like, they're just, they're so full of, like, something they just need to get it out and they don't know it and somehow like it's just this weird thing that human beings are programmed to throw a punch you know like yeah where, it's like, like the snake who eats itself we're just gonna continually right. and so um i i think kids creepy kid movies is great and i like the fact that they they hint that there's something kind of supernatural going on like the fact that these kids can just stare at each other and it just something clicks, but they don't yeah. kind of dive in. They don't really explain it because really it's meta- more of a metaphor. Yeah, it's like if Village of the Damned didn't have the whole beginning yes. of everyone getting pregnant at the... Yes, exactly. Which is like kind of cool and extra scary because like you feel like you're in there and you're like, what the fuck happened here? Right. That this is happening. Yeah. Um, which is great because there's like two parts of disbelief in this. You know, there's his and hers. So like hers right. is obviously apparent through the whole thing until after when she's like, oh my God, the baby inside me. Right. And then he, for a minute, he's just kind of like, no. And I he I think he thinks for a minute that she's going crazy after being traumatized right. through all of this. But it ends up being a real thing. Yeah. And like that's the thing too is that like, you know, um, I do like the fact that the, the the female lead in this movie is pregnant because it really really drives the question in you know more as well as like you know is this <laughs> is this a good idea you know like this is one of the greatest pro choice movies I've ever seen in my life yeah you know like, um, do you want to bring a child into this world where we murder and starve and, and exactly we murder and starve children and then the children are kind of like hey you know what and then fuck they adopt you, fuck our this. yeah and they start taking on the adult characteristics and. And it's them. It's a game, you know. Like we, one of our fir- one of the early scenes in this yeah. movie is them playing pinata, but with a dead- with the dead guy. Yeah. Um, this is a and a hook thing. thing instead of like a bat. It's like a hook. So they're just like sticking this. It's 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 pretty gruesome. Yeah, it's like what this. A lot of the gore is not directly in it, but it is like all of the things are pretty gruesome, like kids beating an old man, using his body as a pinata, yes. and then like all the other dead, like the little. The little kid with the um, gun. For some reason, it really it scares me just as much as Gabe from Pet Cemetery, where he's like running around with a scalpel. Um, this kid is like smiley and he's so cute and he's holding and it. And he's also it's, it's he's, also, he's like fiddling with he's it. Fiddling with it. He's also trying to you know to 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 pull the the you know pull it back so he can like you know cock the gun and everything. Yeah. And he's struggling because he's a little fucking kid. Yeah, know? which is br- it really is brilliant. It is. It's a really it's. It's a really tough movie because, like, they really put you in the shoes of the protagonist. So, like, where, yeah. like, where you're seeing this happen and the wife and the wife turns around and she's, like, she's kind of going through this, like, I can't believe this is fucking happening. At this point, the husband's kind of, like, you know what? Fuck this. Fuck that. And he pull, he's got a fucking machine gun. And uh, he doesn't use it as much as he should. Um, this movie, no. The, and, and this movie does have those moments where a character does that. Like, okay, I just saved my, oh, I just grabbed the knife and I just stabbed somebody and I just, whoo, I'm safe. Toss the knife, or hey, I just shot a bunch of like these fucking crazy kids so I could plow right through them. Uh, I'm gonna just toss the gun. It's like, dude, I don't care if there was no bullets left. I would hold on to that so you could at least have something <laughs> to throw. Like it's just so yeah, dumb, or like, you know. Hit or just with, like, yeah. just, yeah, start swinging on your way. That's out. such a good part of this movie too. Is like on the boat when he's just like pow, 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 like yes. kid after kid after kid. It's like this great hysterical moment too. That the ending is perfect. Yes, the ending is it's. It's very reminiscent of uh, Romero's Night of the Living Dead. Yes. But with a little, you know, with, <laughs> with, with saying, it's funny because the same, a very similar thing happens in both films and they're both saying different things. You know, they're, they're, yeah. both, they're both making a comment in that moment, you know, like at the end of uh, Night of the Living Dead when Ben gets shot, it's like, oh man, this, you know, this guy, everything he goes through and like, of course he's black and like, you know, mm-hmm. boom, he's done, you know, he gets killed by these fucking white rednecks who are just shooting anything that moves, you know? Um, and then something happens, and this is the end of this movie, where you're like, oh, right, because of the fucking title of the movie, you know? Like, the movie yeah. wears its title really well, because it really it just, does. It drives the point in, so... I really like that. It was, like, it's such a simple little line, but, like, you know, where he asks where the telephone is, and it's all frantic, because 
you know, he he just witnessed this guy for some reason trying to murder all these kids and he's trying to figure out what's going on. And then he runs to the telephone and you hear this, adios. And then a little giggle and he looks back and then he's like, oh my God, you know, it's... As they're grabbing all these guns. Yeah, all the guns from the ship. It's so, it's so good. Yeah. It's, it's like... Honestly, one of my more favorite films yeah, that we've covered. I absolutely agree. I was going to say the same thing. It's so clever. It's a great zombie movie without being a zombie movie. There's some really great shots in there, too. Fantastic. Like, there's, like, you know, it's it's really colorful. You have this, like, weird orangey backdrop of him in the hallway walking down this really dark room. Yeah. Um, because, you, you know, it's also this, like, abandoned island. Um, and... You also see the sweat on them. You're like, it is fucking hot. And they're, like, ragged. And she's pregnant. And the kids are, like, in the water, like, having a fun time, you know? They've all had sardines. Yeah, they're fucking laughing, like, playing games. It's terrifying. Well, that's the whole thing is that, like, they're doing all these, like, there's a great scene where, like, and it's a, a, you know, he goes into this church and he sees this, you know, he sees something pretty horrific. And then he looks over and he sees this girl and she's over at the confessional and he's like, "What the fuck?" When he open, it's, it, it's these kids are playing a fucking game. They're playing, they're mm-hmm. make believing to be adults, but they don't understand what being an adult is. Mm-hmm. So they're just copying movements and mannerisms. But it's so much creepier because they're they're copying the movements and mannerisms of when adults do terrible things. You know, so um, that's a really interesting thing to me. Of like, you know, you, I'm not trying to say that the kids in this movie don't understand what they're doing, but there is supposed to be that sense of like. They are playing a game. It's a game. They're playing make believe. They're playing grown up. They're just playing grown up in the worst possible way possible. And it's uh, uh, it's it's really fucking creepy and really good. And I, I really can't stress enough about how much I loved it. I know you did too. We were both just really blown away. You know. Yeah, it's a great film. Um, it's it's definitely more one of my favorite ones that we've done. Absolutely. It's like clever and scary and thrilling. You know, even during the movie, me and you were both like, ah. Oh, just come on like oh yeah waste them dude or like kick them oh that was one thing about zombie land i was gonna say kick him in the dick but that was in the zombie land yeah he was like uh what's the new line it was like kick some dicks and i was like oh fuck is that me um but yeah it is uh it is very thrilling and And i'm the guy in zombie land he's like i'm just gonna go check out this this dude says he's got like a weird goat i'm just gonna go check that out (laughs) Yeah, it's dark room. It's really padded yeah, up, but uh, nothing, nothing we're not breaking. Yeah. yeah, it um, put kids are scary. Kids anyway. are fucked up, um, and I love kids. I I love. I am. I, am, I like kids. Yeah. I just don't want them. I am crazy Uncle Mickey, and like it's fun. I get to like you know, I'll play with the kids. I'll I'll take them. I'll show them cool movies. Like I showed my niece Little Monsters. Like it was great. It's awesome. Um, the moment they start acting like these kids, I'm gonna dump them right back. Waste off. them away. I'm just, I'm just like, them. I'm just going like. Hey, parents, come take your kids. Uh, you deal with this. You explain to them that they shouldn't Bring be playing with that. little demon home. Yeah. Um, they're all yours. I never want to see them again. But, uh, no, I, I love this. I, I, it's also, I thought this might tie in. You know, we've been kind of covering um, each week on the Instagram stories that you've been running. Um, yeah. Different uh, topics. And one of this, to- this topic this week, I believe, was when we're doing adaptations, like screened, or... Uh, Book to screen. Yeah, that's what I wanted. I didn't post it yet. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. It's but fine. it's just our weekend watches of. Uh, yeah, and I think this is a, this fits. It's a, it's a great adaptation. I would like to read the book now. I heard the um I hear, I hear the book's great. The guy who wrote the book also did a radio program of uh. Of yeah, this. which is in in the nineties, which is interesting. Um, but it I think it was ninety nine. Um, where he did. The radio adaptation, and which there was I also really movie. hope I can find somewhere, um, because I would really like to listen to it. Imagine it's all in Spanish. Yeah, but you could get like. First of all, I've been trying Spanish. I know you have. I can. Un- I understood like maybe the most typical words like telephone and oh, I suitcase. Get that part. Come on, come you on. know what I mean. But like, n- not enough. But uh, but yeah, I think still there's got to be like a lot of the stuff you can find online. So each thing we've been able to find um you know it it just takes a little bit of searching but the books um that i mentioned were sex statism sadism spain and cinema which is really cool and it definitely goes into um a lot of the 60s and 70s and then also um another one just called spanish horror film which also goes into this director that we've um 
um, talked about today because he did one other film and then all the rest was TV. So he's only done two films. Um, oh, the, re- the director of Who Could Kill a Child. Yeah, he did um, this house. one and The House That Screams. Yeah. Um, and then a, a ton of um, Spanish TV. Um, and then it also goes into Guillermo del Toro, how um, influenced by Spanish cinema he is. He is right. um, Mexican, a little Mexican meatball, but obviously he has a huge... Um, and Devil's Backbone uh, and takes place... Devil's Backbone and um, Pan's Labyrinth. Yes, both take place, yeah. and they're both feature kids. Yes, but I'm saying, there's a lot of creepy kid shit coming from Spain. I'm actually going there um, next month, just for um, visiting some friends, so um, hopefully no um, weird fucking children island will come and kill me. But I am prepared to drive through them. And, uh, yeah, I mean, next week will be Halloween, so we're... I- yeah, kick those creepy kids... Trick or treat, kick yeah. them the fuck out. Yeah, be like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, like, candy? No, yeah, I know. Candy. Actually, I would just give them a yeah, like, don't hurt this. me. Like, yeah. if you're broke and you don't want to, like, oh, man, I don't want to fucking buy a bunch of candy for kids or anything, <laughs> watch this movie and you'll be like, fuck this shit. I am locking my doors. There's no way a fucking child is coming to my door this Halloween. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Again, Spanish cinema is so cool. This movie was really great. Seek this movie um, out. A lot of good stuff, too. Like, 70s after, late 70s, check out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of great stuff. Um, and like I said, go back and revisit, speaking of Spanish films, go back and revisit Anguish. That's a, That was a Spanish film, and it is a fucking delight. It was one of our first episodes. Tell your friends about it. Tell your friends about this episode. Um Yes. Yeah, maybe at the end of this we'll post um, a list of movies that we were going to pick from, too, from each country. So um, we yes. can put it up somewhere. So if you're interested, you can look at all of the countries that's covered and the films that we've talked about and wanted to pick besides the one that we did. Yeah, so, we're like, um, we're, I think we've only got a few countries left. Yeah, and then we come back to America. Uh, yeah, back to 1986. I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> I always think a lot about 1986, but anyway. Um, That's your favorite. Mine is the 70s. really good year. Uh, really good year uh, for horror, but I've already went on about that. So um, check us out on Instagram, video underscore vampires, and, uh, you know, tell your friends, and uh, we will catch you after Halloween. Bye. Bye. These people are on their way to a peaceful island paradise, but they are about to find out that it's a nice place to visit, but you could never live there. There is something wrong on this island. Island of the Damned. Tom, what's going on? What are those shouts? Where something strange is happening, and only they know why. You can see the innocence in their eyes. What you can't see is the evil in their hearts. Island of the Damned, where a dream vacation becomes a nightmare. Island of the Damned, rated R.